It is Friday, September 9. Good morning, everyone. The Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. And uh, you're joining us on a momentous day in history. Yes, of course, it's a sports show. But uh, Queen Elizabeth II, if you're just waking up, uh, you're probably hearing the news already. But uh, Queen Elizabeth II has died in the early hours of this morning, age 96 after 70 years on the throne. And, uh, yeah, momentous day indeed, Clarky. Morning to you, mate. Yeah, morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Very sad. Very sad day. Uh, love the life. Queen. Yeah, man. Imagine the stories. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah, very fortunate to have met her a couple of times. Um, yeah, very sad. I think, well, we've already seen, I think, sport in the UK. Well, certainly some sport has, has um, been postponed. Um, they've stopped. Um, yeah, I think everyone waking up this morning will be, would have been touched in some way by, you know, uh, something the Queen's done, said, uh, changed. Um, wasn't too many that didn't love the Queen. So yeah, very sad news. Yeah, it certainly is, fellas. Good morning. Um, yeah, it's quite sad when I heard the news Mm. driving in here this morning. I think you touched on it there, Pop. There wouldn't be too many people around the world that'd have a bad word to say. About the Queen, she's been in charge for 70 years. Jeez, that's a long reign for any monarch. Um, You know, she's been through everything. She's seen a lot. Uh, She'll be sadly missed. And I can only imagine the mourning that would be happening over there in England right now. You know, they'd be gathering around Buckingham Palace. She has been crook for a little while. um, But I don't think we thought that, you know, she was going to, to die just yet. She looked like she still had a lot more time to give and serve uh, but unfortunately over the last you know 12 18 months you know she's lost prince philip and you know there's a couple of other things going on in her life in regards to family uh, prince andrew and you know megan and harry and all sorts of things are happening at the moment but uh, she's lived a wonderful life she served so well and she will be sorely missed was she chatty, Clarky, or was it like just before no, a marriage? Very formal. Yeah, right. The, the two times I um, I met her once as a player over in in the Ashes, and then then, then as captain. Mm. So, uh, you, yeah, you get you get yeah. thirty seconds as captain to um, to say hello to her, and then really you just I, was, I just had to introduce all the players to her. But uh, yeah, I don't know if she cared too much for cricket, but it was still what an honour to mm. have to have met the Queen. And again, you. You talk about um, being nervous through your career or under pressure. Man, I'm telling you, I was as nervous meeting the Queen as I was at any stage through my career. Just that presence and the how quiet everyone was. Everyone, and, and you know, best behaviour. How you um, <laughs> how you meet her, how you present to her, what you say to her. Everything is you're told what you can and can't say. Is very formal. Um, but yeah, a, a a different experience, that's for sure. She loved the horses too, didn't she? Big time. Loved the horses. She owned a horse. Well, owned horses. She had a couple of horses run out here in Melbourne Cups. Yeah, as well, yeah, we've seen as, the Queen's colours out here. Yeah. Thinking of Melbourne Cups, some other races so. as well. Yeah, I, I know yeah. she's definitely had them here in mm. S- Sydney running. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sure we'll pay tribute to her this morning, as will all the broadcasters here in Australia, oh, I'm sure. It'll be yeah, on all be day. just 24-7 Might for be the on next all weekend. All week. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. pretty confident it will be. Big time. And today, of course, marks the start of the NRL finals. And uh, what an occasion we've got tonight there in Penrith. Penrith up against Parramatta. 
the market hasn't moved since yesterday after it had moved earlier in the week. The Panthers $1.42, Parramatta $2.90 with tabs. Six and a half is the line, Eels the plus. Um, of course, Parramatta beat them twice this year, but it's just a question of, well, which Parramatta side's going to rock up against Nathan Cleary and the returning troops after so many had the week off last week, Loss. It'll be a ferocious start, you know. The battle will try and be won in the middle of the field and obviously Campbell Gillard and Junior Parlow will be trying to establish dominance early for Parramatta. Uh, these Penrith boys have had a rest. They'll come out fit. I, I expect them to start at a million miles an hour, Penrith. And I think they'll try and, you know, blow Parramatta away early. Um you know they'll be fit, they'll be they'll be fresh, um, but Parramatta have to go with them. They've got to withstand the early onslaught, and they've got to try and rattle their cage. They've got to try and be physical with them. They've got to try and get up in their face. Uh, line speed needs to be strong, um, and they've got to be relentless tonight, Parramatta. And they've got to back their ability to move the ball off second face. And and again, you know, if they make an error, they've got to defend that error. But they can't go into their shell. They've got to be able to just trust the process of playing the style of football that they've shown us over the, the season where they've offloaded and they've got a number of good offloaders in this team and it drags a lot of energy out of your, your defensive system and it can pull your defensive system apart. And this is the best way, I believe, that Parramatta have of knocking over Penrith tonight. I reckon this is, well, it always is when you get to finals. This is legacy stuff for these two clubs, this final series. You know, this is it for Para. This is yeah. it. I think everyone well, knows it. And for Penrith, well, say they didn't win the premiership. How do we remember this Penrith side over this three-year period where they have dominated? Yeah, Absolutely. If they're one from three, how do we remember them? No, well, I, th- I think, again, I, I've, I always believe you've got, to win, you've got to win major series. You've got to win World Cups. You, you've got to win grand finals. And Penrith have been the standout team for... Certainly, the last three years, so they deserve credit for that. But yeah, they they need another grand final if if you're talking about them as as one of the great teams. Mm. Um, I think Par- there's no doubt Paris under the pump. But I don't necessarily think it's in this game. I, I think they've got. I actually think they'll play tonight with the freedom that they they they're going to need to play with if they're going to have a chance of winning the grand final. I actually feel this game is. Go out there, nothing to lose. Expectation and pressure is on Penrith. But unfortunately for Para, the the public or the fans are only going to judge from tonight onwards. Because we've had this conversation for the last couple of years that they can't, they haven't got the, uh, they haven't got something in them to win under maximum pressure, to win on the big stage. And that's a... That's a tough place to be because there's huge expectation from their own fans on them to to go for to, I th- I th- actually think for them to not be criticized they have to make the GF. I think and if you lose the grand final lose on that big day then so be it. It's one day anything can happen. But I think I think if Parra don't make it I think their fans will be disappointed. I, I think Brad Arthur is going to cop it. I think Mitchell Moses is going to cop it. So, you know, even though you know, Penrith are expected to win because they have been the best team again this season. I still think there's going to be enough expectation within Para um, to know that they that they have to play well. They have to make this grand final. But 
I I think the like Loz said, the way they do that, you've got to let go of the fear. You've actually got to release the fear of losing, walk out there, and stick them on the line and play with courage. Don't don't allow that. Oh my God, we've got to win. We've got to win to creep inside the camp. Go the other way and say, you know what? Yeah, we know that. We accept that. But this is how we're going to do it. Throw it all on the line, risk it all, and just play that brand of footy that is good enough, we've seen this season, to beat the best teams in the comp. Mm. Uh, on the text line, morning, boys. Sad day with the passing of the Queen. Rest in peace. On to some sport. How on earth does Aaron Finch retain his spot? I don't care if he's the skipper. He's not in form and hasn't been for a long time. Time for him to go and give the spot to someone else who deserves it. If it was anyone else, they would have been dropped a long time ago. There's no name to that text. Text line yeah. number, by the way, 0419767272. A bizarre game of cricket Man, last crazy. night, pup, to say the least. Australia winning by 113 runs to secure the Chapel Hadley Trophy there in Cairns. Uh, and uh, they reached nine for 195 after they were, well, they were eight for 117. Nine, ten, and Jack. Man. Stark, Zamper and Hazelwood saved them after up at the top of the order. Steve Smith at number 361 was superb, but uh, uh, Collapso. And then uh, the bowlers saved them, and then they've rolled New Zealand for 82. New Zealand, horrible. And, and don't worry about the tail. New Zealand lost the game when Glenn Maxwell walked out to bat with Steve Smith, and they went to their part-time spinner and their third change quick. Like They had to go back to Bolt's. Their strike weapons, whoever got the wickets, had to go back to their best bowlers and look to bowl Australia out for 90. They, they, did, they made the exact same mistake as the first game. Mm. They had the chance to crush Australia, and they took their foot off. And it cost them. Smitty was brilliant. Even Maxi, Maxi was a bit rusty and didn't bat that well, but he, got, he, he built a partnership with Steve Smith, which allowed us to get to a, a good enough total. And then the tail wagged. Um, and then they're batting. New Zealand's batting. Mate, I had to turn it off. No, three for 18 off 13 overs. Yeah. What was I watching? Yeah, Zampa Pfeiffer. But that sums up New Zealand's attitude in this series. They're not here to crush Australia. They're not here to, to dominate them. They're the, New Zealand are meant to be the number one one-day team in the world. Australia go into this series ranked sixth or something, yet New Zealand being scared to beat them. Did you see Kane Williamson's dismissal? Yeah, Mr. Full Toss. Don't worry, that's happened to the best of us. It, it drifted. When you walk off and go, well, it drifted. The drift got me, did me in the air. Oh, it was a dolly, yeah. wasn't it? Uh, but it yeah, I, I think, uh, again, I thought Aussie's Smitty brilliant with the bat, tail awesome to be able to wag. Um, Finch. And then our bowler's great. Finchie, Finchie is, yeah, if if Finchie wasn't the skipper, I think, it, I, I think yeah, that he probably would have been dropped. But, I think what they're hoping for is that he can hang in until the 2020 World Cup. It's a, it's a tough time to change your captain, you know, a month out before a, a World Cup. So I, I think they're, you know, like I've said on the show a few times, I think the selectors are hoping he can get a score and then he goes into that World Cup with confidence. We keep our, our structure and our plan for, for the World Cup and we dominate that, have success here in Australia. But, yeah, look, he's, he's – yeah – he, want, he needs runs, there's no doubt about it. I feel for him because at the moment he's, he's trying, like even last night, he's been caught in slip with the ball going away from him, so outside of the bat. Then he, Bolt brought the ball back in last game and he got LBW, so now, and that's the way he's got out a lot in his career. So he's worried about, oh my God, going away, edge, coming in, LBW. He's walked out last night and said, you know what? 
or yesterday, I should say. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna see it and hit it. If it's up, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna play aggressive and try and get on top of this. And the ball just held in the wicket a bit. He shanked it and got caught at mid-off. So I felt for him because I know that feeling when you're like, man, everything I try, I just can't buy a trick at the moment, you know. But unfortunately for Finch, oh, well, this is the, the last game of the series. I, I think he, I really think he needs to find a, even a 30 or 40 in this last game. But you know what? I'm, Who's the replacement? I'm backing him. Oh, mate, take your pick. <laughs> Matt, opening the batting in one day cricket or 2020 no, cricket well, that's fine. It's the best place to play because, because Mitchell Mars has to come back into that team yeah mate so, so, so Usman you, Khawaja could open the batting Manus Labashain do, do you put do you put carries could in, in Matthew Wade could be anyone yeah. remember this is the last one This is the, um, well, you correct me if I'm wrong you know, this is the last one day game Sunday Sunday, yeah. Yep. And until we go into 2020s. Ah, uh, yes, correct. So again, yeah. are they looking at one-day cricket different to 2020 cricket? Because opening the batting in one-day cricket, mm. you could, I think you could easily open with Amanus Lubbershane. You could bat Steve Smith. You could open with Smitty and bat Manus at three. You could open with Usman Khawaja. Mm. Ben McDermott. Ben McDermott, yeah. 2020 cricket... Then I think you're looking at someone a bit more aggressive. So they and for a World Cup as well, they might think. Uh, well, you can't drop. I, I don't know if you can. You can't drop Finchie out of the 2020 squad now that it's been selected. No, he's in. So I think you yeah. pick your 15 man squad. So I'm assuming they're looking at the, the one day cricket different to 2020. So even if Finchie makes no runs in this last one day, that might be the end of his one day career. Mm. But I think they'll certainly still uh, start with him. In the 2020 World Cup, it's a massive quarter to drop your captain a month out from a World Cup. I think that could cause more chaos. Yeah, but you are picked in the squad as if you're a batsman, you got to make runs. If you're a bowler, you got to take wickets. So, yeah, I just I'm I'm hoping he can get a little 30 or 40 in this last game, which then you know allows him to you go can into probably the World carry Cup. a batsman if they're out of form a little bit more in Test matches. Would that be more correct in saying that? Mate, one day cricket, the wickets are generally flatter. Yeah. One day 2020, you're normally yeah. playing on belters all the time. Yeah. So you normally think, even if you go three or four games, you're going to get a belter of a wicket. You'll make a yeah. 30 or 40 and get some uh, get some momentum. Mm. The problem at the moment for Finchie is, again, I, I like, but in the you feel like everything's going wrong. You can't sort of carry him for too long in the shorter form, can you? Because We've been able to because yeah. we've been brilliant at it. Mm. Australian one-day cricket has been dominant over 20 years. Such a long period of time. We've been so good at one-day cricket. Um, 2020 cricket, differently, different. And 2020 is hard to get back into form. If you're out of form, you haven't got much time to get used to the condition, see the ball if it's moving, assess the... You've really got to go for it. So that's why I'm, I think I'm hoping... If Finchie can just get a, a few runs in this in the third game, at least when he walks out to bat in that twenty twenty, he's got the confidence to to take the opposition yeah. on because we, we we're going to need him to to win the World Cup. Ref and ready is the headline of the back page of the Daily Telegraph. Eels urged to get in Panthers' faces to spring an upset, and uh, in his column here, Matty Johns saying pretty much do what Queensland did in Origin one against the Blues this year: lie on the player for a second longer. Hit Nathan Cleary, test the referee. Well, I guess that's probably the blueprint loss, but uh, you've got to be careful as well because if you become ill-disciplined in a finals match, it'll cost you. Well, I think what Matty's getting at there, and this is what you talk about all the time in big games, is you test the patience of the referee first up. You see what he his boundaries are. Because what happens is that you go out there expecting 
you know, a game to be played a certain way. And if you're not used to it and you can't adapt on the run, then one team takes advantage of it. So you've got to be able to see where the boundaries are of the referee. So you've got to be able to test him early and see what he's going to allow and not allow. Um, and then you start to work on your flow of the game. That, that's how it all always unfolds, usually big games. But if you've got one team that's not prepared to do that and the other that is, all of a sudden you're on the back foot straight away because you're allowing the opposition to get up and play the football really quickly and they're on a roll when they've got the ball. And if you're not prepared to really test the patience and the limits of the referee, um, you're on the back foot. So this is something you know, most teams, big games, really talk about, testing the patience of the referee. So I think that this will be um, uh, a game where both teams will try and establish dominance. And the good way of doing that is making sure your tackle technique is good, but also you've got good numbers in the tackle and your line speed is, is is so quick that you get rewarded for your efforts. And you see what the Roosters have been able to do the last few weeks. They get off their line, so they they attack you, put you under pressure. Then if they're taking you backwards or sidewards in a tackle, the referee gives you a bit more leeway because you're the dominant. You're dominant in that tackle. And if you're being dominant, they give you a little bit more time. But if you're carrying the ball, you poke your nose through, you have to be released to play the ball quicker than what you would if other people are, are pushing you backwards or pushing you sideways. So it, it'll, it'll come down to what team wants to defend the best. It'll come down to the, the eagerness of the line to get forward, put pressure on uh, and try and dominate and establish, um, slow play the balls, but also establish good go forward when they've got the ball. Achilles Eel is the headline on the back page of the Herald and uh, at two meetings this year, 22 to 20. And 34 to 10 have the Eels beaten the Panthers in both their fixtures this year. Now, also on the back page of the Herald, oh, Manly. Uh, Des Hasler. Well, Hasler's safe for 2023, but future is still uncertain. Uh, so it seems like this uh, meeting between the club power brokers yesterday, Scott Penn, uh, Tony Mestrov, the new CEO, uh, you've got George Mimas, Hasler's agent, and Hasler in this meeting as well yesterday. And it looks like it hasn't come to an absolute conclusion in regards to Des Hasler, but he is still the coach, according to reports next year. But they also say the club has denied that he's being guaranteed an extension for 2024. Apparently, Hasler still has strong support from the players, as does Daily Cherry Evans from the players as well. So that survey apparently was filled out. And uh, all this is coming as well with American interests surrounding the club trying to buy it. So there's a lot going on there at Manly at the moment. Uh, but uh, sounds like Des Hasler and his camp didn't get exactly what they want. It sounds like nobody got completely what they wanted, Loz. What do you read into this? Oh, what do I read into it, Mido? I read into it that Des is going to be there for one more year and they're not going to be rushed into making a decision. Unless Des can come to them with a succession plan, they may give him a 12-month uh, extended contract for 2024. But unless there's a clear picture of how the Eels are going to look in 2025 and beyond, I think they manly, manly might move and might move at the end of next year on Des. And I think it'll all come down to results and it'll all come down to power. And I think that Des has got to be able to 
prove or show that there's a clear way forward for Manly to establish success. Now, you can do that on a PowerPoint presentation, but in reality, does it work? That, that's the other thing. Yeah. You know, it's like when you sign a coach. A, a coach can go into a meeting yeah. and give you the best presentation you've ever seen, but that doesn't guarantee you're going to have success on the footy field. So I still think there's a power play here with Manly, and no they're doubt. trying to delude... Um, that trying to dilute some of the power from Des and take away that power. Um, and Des will either have to back down or stay firm, and then it's a Mexican standoff. Let's face it, it's all going to come down to results next year. Yes. If, they, if they're struggling early, trouble. Trouble. But even if, if they're winning, that might be enough to extend Des mm. for 12 months. I don't think they're going to give him a four- or five-year deal. Oh, no I, 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 I think it'll it'll come down to... Year by year with Desi, I, mm. I, I just get that sense that I don't think they want him to be in charge for a long period of time. Well, Scott Penn's virtually indicated we want to know what's next. Okay, Des is here now, now mm. but you need to help us in sorting out what is next. Yes, and and I think mm. Des is under a little bit of pressure. He'll have to come to the board and Scott Penn and Tony Mestrov and show them a clear pathway forward. Mm. And if he does that, he might get an extension. If he doesn't, this will carry on into the preseason, and then at the start of next year, in the opening ten rounds, if they don't get results, who knows what may happen?